from the Montclair from State the Montclair School State of Communication. School of Com- and media at WMSC-FM. The latest on business, technology, and media issues. You're listening to the Media Download Podcast. You're listening to Media Download. I'm Christian Curatola, and today I'm joined by Dorit Naman, producer and director of the new interactive documentary, Jerusalem, We Are Here. Dorit is a documentarian and film theorist who splits her time between studying Israeli and Palestinian film and teaching at the Queen's University in Ontario, Canada. Thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. What is Jerusalem We Are Here? Jerusalem We Are Here is an interactive documentary, so it is a new media project. It doesn't exist as a linear film. It uh, is a web platform that when you start, when you enter it, you see a short film that leads you into a street in Jerusalem. And using Google Street View, you go for a guided tour of a neighborhood in Jerusalem that was Palestinian until 1948 and has been Israeli for the past 70 years. How did this first come about? Like how the idea of taking you through uh, Jerusalem Street? Initially, I was uh, thinking of doing an installation. So I knew I wanted to work with families from that neighborhood and make short films with them. So I was interested less in oral history, or or I should say I was interested in the oral history, but I didn't think that film is a good medium to give long interviews. And so I was looking for making short films collaboratively with families who are from the neighborhood. And then I thought to project them on the houses themselves from which they, the houses that belong to them. So what would somebody see as they sort of virtually walk around one of these streets? So as as you walk, you see Jerusalem as it looks today, or primarily a neighborhood called Katamon. When you reach a house of one of our participants, you can click play and watch a video that we made collaboratively with them. So there are 15 short films and there are 15 audio files and some of them are very poetic and some of them are more informative. There are still photos that are layered into the space. So the space is very, is sort of the present tense of the space is complicated by all this material and it reminds everyone who watches it that there were Palestinians there because in the Israeli reality of the of the neighborhood, you don't see any mentions of that. Who is this? Ex- I'm, I feel bad calling it a documentary. I think experience is a better way of putting it. Yeah. How does this? Ex- who is this experience for? Like, wh- who do you you want to view it? Who do you think should view it? Um, I think it's for for anyone. Really, I hope that the people who will come tonight will walk out of this experience thinking about Montclair and who was here before, and um, uh, really thinking about the uh, Lenape people. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. Who were here before? Who were called by the American settlers Delaware, but that's not an indigenous name, and who we have no you know, no um, leftover of long houses or anything because it's so much older. So I think that I'm hoping to trouble the notion of urban space in the present tense and and let us think a little bit about what is it that we're not seeing. Um, but primarily it is for Palestinians who have no access there. You asked me earlier why, how it came about that it's online. And part of the reason is that Palestinians can't come into Jerusalem 
Very few Palestinians have legal access, and those are the citizens of Israel or permanent residents. But the majority of Palestinians in the West Bank and in the Arab world and in the diaspora cannot come to Jerusalem. So it was about making Jerusalem available to them without checkpoints and permits and feeling uh, very unsafe. And um, the other reason is that there are very few movie theaters in the Arab world and I don't think a project like that would have been shown on television necessarily. So making it online, but there is a lot of internet access, not everywhere, but generally there is. So people can experience it on their own computer and if they put on a headset, it, the sound is binaural, so it has a direction. So as you turn around your mouse, uh, music will fade or change directions. Uh, so what were some of the sort of logistical uh, concerns when making this? Um, as a filmmaker, I was used to testing out a concept by doing a few minutes and then seeing whether the aesthetics work, whether my sound design work, edit it, and then continue from there. And when you do interactive project, I was working with an interactive company in Toronto and um, I had a lot of things that were in my head, but I didn't really know if they will translate into the coding side, and until I started seeing uh, drafts, I will call it, the first version, I didn't know whether any of this will will actually come out in the way that I envisioned, I envisioned it. And I'm happy to say that it did. There were very few things that didn't work out as I, I was hoping, but by and large, they did a fantastic uh, job. But that's a big, it's a big um, hurdle because you work for a long time before you can start putting things together onto the interactive platform. So there is a lot of trust that is kind of pushed to the end that things will materialize and, and come out. So would you say you're happy with the interactive aspect of it all? I'm very happy with that. I think it allows people to come in and do a few films and spend half an hour with it or 15 minutes with it, or they can spend hours navigating the streets if they have more of an interest. So is this something that you're hoping to maybe try again and do another one like this or I um, first I would like to do a walking up in the space the the site is available now in Arabic and in English but I'd like to do a Hebrew version that will be slightly different and will actually be a walking up in the space where people will get the same materials but the story will be told slightly differently and then um, I would like to do um, Perhaps something similar in, in Canada. Uh, uh, similar in the regards of covering the Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict? No. Would you, okay. That's a serious... No, I think uh, there's obviously a lot to say, to do with indigenous oh, histories, but I'm not... First Nations I don't people. even think I'm going to go there right now. Uh, not far from where I live in Kingston, Ontario, the St. Lawrence River has been expanded in the 1950s so that larger... Uh, boats and barges could go on it, and about five or six villages have had to be dismantled and moved upstream. Oh. And apparently, if you go on a boat, you can still see the church steeples and some houses underneath the water. So I'm hoping to do something with with that community, which is close to my current home, and um, and do um, yeah, do an audiovisual project that may be similar or maybe slightly different. Perhaps a barge on the water. With a screen and people who drive by on the Thousand Island Parkway, which is a very beautiful road, can um, activate stories by calling. All right. Uh, so, what would you say to an aspiring documentarian who 
wants to do something new, who wants to maybe do a twist beyond just interviewing people with some B-roll? I think that um, I think that the question of platform should be secondary to the question of content, and the the content and the context of the situation is what should dictate which platform you choose. Sometimes it's better to do a linear documentary. Sometimes you might want to do a linear documentary and a video game to go with it because often linear documentaries are watched mostly by people 55 and over, and you might want to reach really younger audiences, or it might be an interactive documentary that goes with a comic book. So I think it really depends what your topic is, what your target audience is, what the circumstances that you're working in that should lead you to the right kind of format. And that takes a bit of time. So I guess my first advice would be immersion. Don't get excited about, I really want to travel to the Congo or to Cuba, and maybe I'll go and drop in for a few weeks and make a documentary because it will inevitably be superficial. The more you have relationships with a community, the better, the deeper, the more effective, the more beautiful, the more um, affective and emotional your documentary will be. So I think building a relationship of reciprocity with communities is really, really important. You can uh, see the entire project, see and hear the entire project it, on its own website. If you just Google Jerusalem We're Here or type in JerusalemWe'reHere.com, JerusalemWe'reHere1Word.com, you will have access to the entire project. And um, if you like us on Facebook, you will be able to get updates about future screenings and events. All right. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, for Media Download, I'm Christian Curatola. If you'd like to hear uh, more of this, you can always check us out on SoundCloud or on WMSCRadio.com on the On Demand section.